Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome into the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, brought to you by the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. I am Billy Mansell. We're back. I took a, took last week off. I just had a lot of a lot of free agency in the NFL to digest last week. So, and a lot of moves were making. So, I didn't feel like I should put out a podcast last week because, you know, I'll like, you know, immediately after I would have put that out, the Deshaun Watson thing would have happened. So, there would have been more draft picks in the first round. So, I just kind of like let the dust settle a little bit before, you know, I got this one going. So this week we're back. We're going to talk some risers and fallers that have happened over the last couple of weeks in the draft. And then we're going to talk some betting odds uh, and hopefully win some money. I've already put some gambles down myself. I'm planning to put some more down because I think there's some really good value in here, but first let's tailgate. All right. Yes, there has been some risers. There's been some fallers. I've been keeping and treading over all of the mock drafts. We did one for uh, the Offensive Points podcast. It's actually on the YouTube if you want to go watch it. There's also a podcast if you go wherever you have podcasts. If you go Offensive Points in the Semi-Pro Fantasy or in the IDP Army uh, podcast feed, you will see there we did a a mock draft show. Um, Most of those picks are kind of irrelevant now because uh, the Russell Wilson trade happened afterwards. The Deshaun Watson trade happened afterwards. The Devontae Adams trade happened afterwards. There was just there's so many different picks and different uh, positions. So um, some needs got addressed in free agency for some teams. So there's been some falls. Um, but I think this week I just kind of want to talk about like some of the crazier movement I've seen um, as far as the draft has gone. Um, some of these, some of the risers and some of the followers are kind of shocking to me. And I think we need to start talking out maybe why that is, why teams don't see it the same way as they did even a week and a half ago, because I think some of these teams are kind of overthinking it. And I think overthinking it is kind of the name of the game right now. I think we just got to make up storylines. We got to, you know, oh, this guy had a great pro day. Oh, that guy didn't work out at the combine. We, we just have all these different, this, this different information coming out right now. And I think that it's skewing some of the beliefs. I think we should stick to kind of where we were at. Like we judged an entire season of college football. We saw the senior bowl. We saw the pro or the combine and we're seeing pro days. 
working out in shorts is not always something that should make somebody go shoot all the way up from, you know, I'm seeing people that were in the second round shoot up into the first round. I'm seeing people that were in the twenties. Now they're in the the top 10. Like it's just kind of crazy right now. And I think that we just kind of need to diagnose what is happening in the draft right now. So the draft's a little over a month away. Um, Still got a long way to go. A lot of things, a lot of pieces still to fall. Um, like quarterbacks, for example, the the spots for quarterbacks to go in this draft have kind of, I mean, the, the market's drying up. Um, Atlanta appears to be on the move for one. Carolina still has a pick. Seattle is a dumpster fire, and they need to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. Um, and then there's some like Jimmy G still got to figure out a way. Baker Mayfield, which by the time you listen to this, maybe that's already happened. But for the time being, those teams have not addressed the position, and the Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G haven't found a spot. Um, doing this on March 24th. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, that hasn't happened yet because right now we're just still speculating. However, let's get back. Let's just, let's get right to it. Let's just start with the risers. So I've got two main risers that are on offense that I want to talk about that are interesting to me. So Malik Willis, we had projected him kind of to go to Washington. Washington ended up trading for Carson Wentz. I don't think they're going to go quarterback this time around. It kind of looks like they're going to maybe pick up a position player. Um, they still, they never could have enough defensive depth, so they might go that direction, but now Malik Willis kind of without a team, I personally speaking, I still think he might go to Seattle, um, unless he goes early, for some reason goes earlier than that, but I've seen him mock to Detroit at number two. I, I'm just going to say this one thing. We did not like any of these quarterbacks a month ago, remember, like not even a, two months ago, I'll, I'll say it was f- for factual sake. Maybe people started liking them after that. We didn't like any of these guys. Remember, like they literally nobody had them in the top 10. We said this was one of the worst QB draft classes. If you were going to address the quarterback in the offseason, you needed to do it through trade or through free agency, which a lot of the teams have, mind you. So I think that should, again, be telling. But I've seen Malik Willis mocked as high as number two. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? You saw him throwing shorts. You've seen him run around. You've had a couple of meetings with the guy. I get it. He he does seem like a nice guy. He's impressed literally everyone that he's met so far. So I get that aspect of it. I get why you like Malik Willis um, from that perspective. But let's just not have short-term memory. Nobody liked him like that after the college football season. He was really inaccurate. Uh, whenever he faced a good team, because him and Matt Corral literally went head-to-head in college, and Malik Willis was not ready. Now I get it. The, the talent around him was a little different. It's it's not going to be an NFL roster that was around him at Liberty. I understand. However, Lamar Jackson fell all the way to 24, and he played at Louisville, and he like was really good at Louisville. Like He was really good. It was not like what Malik Willis has done this offseason. It, you know, he's just, he's not made this, he's not making it to number two. I will give you this. I think a desperate team like the Seahawks, somebody who's going to want to rebuild, will take him pretty high. But I just, number two, that is an overvalue of the century. And I applaud the mock drafts for trying to put a quarterback up that high. It's just not going to happen. I, I don't understand why you're going to give a, in most drafts, probably a second round pick quarterback, why you're going to give him 
the keys of the kingdom at number two. That's, you know, we're talking money. We're talking expectations. Just don't, I, I personally would not do that. If I was, if I was thinking about taking him at number two, I would trade down and take him at number eight because you can give that number two to one of the players that deserves it. I mean, we've got defensive talent here that could be all time great. And you're going to take a quarterback. That's probably not going to be that he, there's a chance, but let's take the risk versus reward here. I mean, the reward is yes. You, he could eventually get to a Josh Allen, although he's not that tall, he's got a big arm. He, you can maybe get him up to that level. Maybe the defensive talent that you, they're ready to go right now. You can plug and play right now. Uh, any of these quarterbacks, it's going to need time. And if you take him at number two, you've just taken all that time away to develop. You are putting him in there right away on a bad team and the expectations are going to be amped up and you're going to have the same thing that's happened to Sam Darnold, to Baker Mayfield, to Mitch Trubisky. On, on down the line, you, you give these guys expectations and on a bad team and they fold like a lawn chair. It just happens. It just happens. Now, you could argue Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, they didn't, maybe didn't get a fair shake, but it's a trend, right? Like we, we, we're trending to these guys. Just, I, I think we just need to pump the brakes. That's all I'm saying. I still think you should take, he should still be taken, you know, at eight or nine or 11. One of those, not those teams necessarily, but around that range. Number two would shock the hell out of me if he went that high. Okay. I spent a lot of time on Malik Willis. So let's move on. Garrett Wilson, beginning of this, wide receiver cycle, we were talking about Traylon Burks and Drake London as the top two receivers in this draft. If you go to look at Vegas odds right now, Garrett Wilson's actually betting favorite to be the top receiver taken in this draft. And I get the combine was good. He had a, a great combine. Not um, It wasn't blowing you away, but it was a great combine. And I'm not going to lie, I you know, I'm going to talk out two sides of my mouth here. I had Garrett Wilson as my number one wide receiver because I thought he was the best wide receiver last year. However, the consensus out there, you all were not on the same page as me. You had him at number three behind Traylon Burks and Drake London. So why did y'all flip up on it like this? You know, what what could have happened in that amount of time? So Obviously, he wasn't at the com- or at, at the pro uh, senior bowl, but he was at the combine. He ran really well. He measured out at six one, I think, six foot or six one, which was really good. And he seems to have nailed his interviews. But I've I've now started to see him mocked kind of at the end of the first or end of the top ten. And we kind of thought he might go to Cleveland at twelve. Um, I personally thought that because he worked out with Baker Mayfield outside. Um, and he kind of had that connection already in Cleveland. So I thought that's where he was going to go. Cleveland traded around the, traded away the first-round pick to the Texans. And so now that kind of went off the table. So I was like, hmm, I wonder who could take him. I've been seeing him go to Atlanta at eight. I've seen that in a couple of mock drafts now. It's very strange. Uh, I, first of all, want to know what did Drake London do to hurt y'all because he's not done any workouts yet. Which, by the way, that is kind of it could be considered concerning. He did miss the pro day uh, a couple of days ago, and he is doing his own special workout on April fifth for his personal pro day. So you are going to get to see him do all of the drills at that. So he did not compete at the combine. He just did the interviews. He measured. Everything seemed to be fine. He actually weighed a little bit more than we thought, so that actually ended up being good. It put him right at that like 
um, right at the Kenny Galladay range, like that kind of that kind of wide receiver. But for some reason, Garrett Wilson just flew right past him. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure why that is. I would love to know why everybody else is now coming around to my original thought at Garrett Wilson. I still think he's best receiver in this draft. A lot of people say that his route running could use some help. He can't really win contested catches. I don't think he's going to need to. Uh, I think he is a crafty route runner is how I would describe it. I know that's not exactly scientific term or even an NFL way of putting it, but I think he's kind of like, he's not as extreme as Odell when he comes to kind of like free freelancing his routes, but he can get open when he needs to. And that's going to be very helpful for a wide receiver or for a quarterback to have out of a wide receiver. So those are the two main risers that I want to talk about. Um, as far as offense goes, we'll get to IDP in a second. Uh, let me get to the two fallers. Cause I think they're very important to talk about. One of them is not fantasy relevant at all. And that's Evan Neal. So going into this draft, he was the bed betting odds on favorite to be the number one pick in the draft. And he was going to go to Jacksonville. Well, what happened was Jacksonville actually, you know, franchise tag Cam Robinson. Uh, they made some other moves at O-line um, to bolster it. So it ended up turning out, nope, they're not going to go offensive line. It ends up being um, Aiden Hutchinson looks like he's going to go there. I would not be surprised. However, Evan Neal did not work out at the combine either. He wanted to protect the bag, which, you know, hats off. I appreciate, I applaud you for doing that. I, I think that's smart. We saw with uh, David Ojabo, a tragedy can occur and you might end up getting hurt or something like that. And it could end up hurting your draft status a little bit. However, because he didn't work out at the combine, it's allowed Ikeem Aquanu to hop him in the, um, hop him in the O-line rankings and hop him in draft position. It looks like. So right now, Ikeem Aquanu is the, is the betting odds on favor to be number three picked in this draft by the Jets. And Evan Neal has fallen all the way. I've seen him down to six. I've seen him down to seven. I, I, he's just free falling right now. And this was the number one pick in the draft a month ago. Like before they tagged Cam Robinson, everybody said Evan Neal's going going to be first. So I think you're going to end up getting end up getting a lot of talent in the end by Evan Neal falling that far. But I just think it's it's kind of shocking that it ended up working out this way for him because he literally didn't do anything to hurt himself. He only said he was going to do private pro day workouts for teams that wanted to draft him. It's, it does not appear to be working so far. So that hurts to see. I hate that for him that this is happening, but again, let's not overthink it. Evan Neal's a great offensive lineman. Take him. There's no problem. And you're going to let him fall to the giants. Maybe like that's, Good for the Giants. They might end up with something here. All right. My other follower is fantasy relevant, and that's Traylon Burks. So we had him as a top 10 wide receiver. Like that was a, you know, we were making the comps, making the crazy, like, is this AJ Brown 2.0? Is this Mike Evans 2.0? I'm now seeing him fall all the way down into the 20s in the draft, I, I in mock drafts. What did he do? I, I get that his, his, 40 time was slow. Guess who else's was slow? Cooper cup that hurt him. No, it hasn't. So like, again, let's just not overthink this. Watch the tape on Traylon Burks. He is a dominant wide receiver. He is very strong and you can run a Debo Samuel type route out with him. You can do whatever you want. Like you're going to let him fall to the twenties. Um, let's put this 
up real quick. Let Burks fall to Dallas. Exactly, dude. Exactly what's going to happen because people are overthinking it. You're going to let him fall to Dallas or the Patriots later in the draft. You're going to let him fall to the Packers. Maybe like you're going to let him fall all the way down there. He's one of the best. He's the best receiver in this draft. I've seen a lot of people saying that this is Nikhil Harry 2.0. No, it's not. No, it is not. It's not at all that way. Uh, Traylon Burks made Arkansas relevant on offense. It was not anybody else on that team. Uh, KJ Jefferson's a good quarterback for Arkansas, but he's not great. And Traylon Burks made him look amazing. And we've seen plenty of that in the past where a really good wide receiver ends up making a quarterback that's average look good. Like the biggest example of all time is Johnny Manziel when he was at Texas A&M, when he had Mike Evans, he looked like one of the greatest quarterbacks in college football history. And then as soon he, he won a Heisman that year that he had Mike Evans, Mike Evans gets drafted. Guess what happened to Manziel the next year? Eh, a little shaky. A little shaky, didn't have quite the same talent there. And we kind of saw that bear fruit. It, it did not work out for Manziel in the NFL. It wasn't all talent. There was a little off the off the field stuff going on, and I get that. So I don't want to put it all on talent. But you have uh, prime examples of these wide receivers just boosting what their team's value was in college. Traylon Burks was the same. Guess who was not good when they were in college? Nikhil Harry's Arizona. They were not good. It, he was not boosting them up in value by the end like that was not happening so I, I just let's not overthink it guys in draft people let's just not overthink it it's pretty simple Traylon Burks is a really dominant wide receiver and if the Eagles pass on him with all three picks Howie Roseman you made another mistake man you made another mistake he should not make it through those teens I don't think he should make it out of the top 10 but that's just me personally I think Atlanta should just give it give it to him put him there with Pitts Maybe you get Ridley back next season and you will have a dominant receiving core for whatever quarterback you want to do in the following off season, but not overthinking. That's how it should be. Um, yes. Dallas. Look at CD Traylon Burks Gallup. And he's cheap because he'll be a rookie and he's <laughs> and drafted in the twenties. Like it, it'd be great. I, that would be an amazing offense. I would not like it great for CD's, fantasy value because that would make me think they're going to use Burks a lot more, but the wider, like as far as winning goes, like I don't think Dallas could do anything better than to replace, you know, Amari Cooper with Traylon Burks. It really is a good call. I, I, I think that's great. So D two W stew. Good on you. All right, let's move on to the IDP real quick. Get some defensive players, risers and fallers. Um, the biggest riser so far, and this is just coming in my opinion, out of nowhere, Trey, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. He was a top 10 player, so I don't want to like sell him short, but now he's being, he's the uh, second betting odds to go number two in the draft right now. Like that he he is actually number two to go number one as well over Aiden Hutchinson. Like a lot of people, Vegas, Vegas is keyed in on Trayvon Walker is somebody that is going to go high in this draft. And we're not, we're not necessarily talking about it right now, but we need to start talking about it because Clearly, they know something that we don't, and that's that Trayvon Walker is ascending people's draft boards. Vegas has insiders all over the place. They clearly are getting this from somewhere, so I don't think it's just random chance that Trayvon Walker is being able to be betted that high. Um, I don't think that the, you know, they don't want the, the, the sharps are clearly keying in on that as far as money goes. Uh, Trayvon Walker was a great edge rusher out of Georgia. He's not going to have any problem at the next level. 
Um, you're going to be able to get your stats from them. I, I hate when people bring up the Georgia statistical lines this season on defense. They had five or six first rounders on on defense and three or four second rounders on defense. Not everybody could be a stat machine on that defense. Like it's not like Devin Lloyd's Utah where there was only like him and a couple other guys. It was Georgia's defense was literally all studs. It was a star studded defense, one of the best I've ever seen as far as talent goes. And I, I don't I don't think that you can hold their stats against them because they're just amazing at players overall. So he's gonna be able to slide in wherever he goes, but I just think it's important to bring up that he is being mocked a little bit higher than he has been. At least Vegas is keyed in on it. Um, I also want to bring up Jermaine Johnson. Uh, it's not as really a high riser as many because he's only gone from like 15 to top 10. So it, it's it's a little bit of a difference, but I like Jermaine Johnson. I think he's a very important player. And I, I think that any team that gets him is also going to be very happy with the production that he can provide there. And I just I've started to see him creep up boards, creep up boards, and we could see him go in the top six or seven in the draft, and you know to like the Giants or something like that. We definitely could see that happen. I could see that happening to him. All right, DW two DWT two W Stu's back. At the end of the day, I just want Dallas to go. Okay, but if it turns out to be the Burks, whoa. Teams in general suck at drafting. That's how we back CD and Parsons, so anything can happen. Yeah, and it could very well happen again with this Traylon Burke situation because I don't know why everybody's falling out of favor with him. His 40 time wasn't great, but it doesn't need to be great. It's not about what your 40 time is. Like I don't know how many times we have to see teams make this mistake over and over again before we just finally admit, hey, you know, maybe it doesn't matter all that much what the 40 time is because you could still get good production out of that wide receiver. And I just don't think that uh, it'll be that bad. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. That's how you end up with Taco Charlton on that defense. Um, let me get to the IDP followers real quick. We have Nicobe Dean. He has gone from the top 15 to barely in the first round overthinking the hell out of this one i think he is only six foot tall but that is not important he is a professional linebacker and i think that you any team is going to get really good value getting him late in this draft um i don't think he should pass the eagles i think that is a perfect landing spot from him i've seen him go um well i see i saw him go to miami at 29 but they just traded that pick for uh Tyreek Hill, so I don't think he'll be going there, obviously. But I think Nicobe Dean should not be leaving the first round. Or, yeah, he should not make it to day two. He should be a first-round guy. And I think that a lot of these teams are kind of, like I said, overthinking things a little bit. Devin Lloyd is a really good linebacker. I have no qualms with him going over Nicobe Dean. But you need to be a little bit more keened in on the fact that Nicobe Dean was the leader of one of the best defenses in Georgia. He is going to be a green dot player at the next level. He can't necessarily match up well with tight ends in coverage, but I think he could actually match up quite well with slot receivers. Um, he has a nose for the football. He can cover the edge. He's a three-down linebacker. There's really nothing against his game. Again, if you go look at the stats, you're going to be underwhelmed, but it's because the rest of the defense was just that good. Um, it just – Somebody had to get the stats. It just, you know, not there wasn't just one dominant player on that team. And so it kind of made the stats not look great for everybody. But he had multiple pick sixes in the season. He had interceptions, pass defense. 
his size does not matter as much as people are making it out to. And I think that, again, this is overthinking things to the max. Um, other, Obviously, the faller is David Ajabo. I had him in the top 15. This injury that he, he suffered, he suffered an Achilles injury um, during his pro day, which is horrible. Hated seeing that. Um, but Ojabo should not – He he's going to go in the second round, and it stinks because it's not – you saw what he could do all season. There's no reason to think that just because he got this injury that he's going to lose a step. I know Achilles injuries are tough. A lot of people say – like I saw Adam Schefter say that Cam Akers came back from it in like whatever, eight months. He's not going to come back in eight months. He probably will be out most of this season, and I, I, it's okay. Like – He'll end up coming back and he'll be fine. It's it's not that big of a deal. I think you're going to get a deal at Ed Rusher when you get David Ojabo in the second round, but I hate seeing that for him, so just have to mention it. And then my last IDP faller is Kyle Hamilton. Um, he's still the number two pick in the draft to me, and I think he should stay up there. But he's fallen. I've seen him mocked at 10 to the Jets. I've seen him fall down the board. Why? He is Derwin James. 2.0. I don't, I hate, I hate making those kind of comparisons because it puts a lot of expectations on him. But Derwin James was a really good, really good safety coming out of college when he came out of Florida State. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, same way. He can cover the whole field. He can make the big plays. He was hurt this season, but that should not be held against him, I don't think, in my opinion. Um, he's just one of the most special safeties coming out of this class. And I know a lot of people out there and a lot of draft analysts are like, Oh, safety, you know, people have stopped thinking safety is such a big deal. And I get it. I get that a lot. But if you get a player like him on your team, you don't have to be searching for it in free agency. You don't have to worry about the position. So he, he shouldn't leave number two. In my opinion, I, I put a little money on him today to go number two. Um, he's still the betting favorite to go. And I think that you should just stick that out. Malik um, Willis is number two is the number two betting odds to go number two. I, if you take Malik Willis over Kyle Hamilton, your front office kind of silly, not going to lie to you. That is a silly pick. So don't let lions be smart. Dan Campbell, be smart, please. You don't need a quarterback at number two. You can get one at 29 and you'll be just fine. Or you can stink next year and get one of the two guys at the 2023 class, which is going to be much better. The top three at that should be great. Um, but that's all I got for risers and fallers. Sorry, Stu. Let me get a couple of your comments here. Well, since I'm the only one typing, good Lord, Dean Parsons, let's fucking go. All this offseason mess, either Burks or Dean would make things start to feel a lot better. I agree completely. And if you all got Dean or Burks, I would be like, I, I, Cowboys just letting the board fall to him. I, I like that a lot. Um, shout out to my guy, FF Hustler, who without, I wouldn't have this channel on my subscribe loop list. Also, without the absence of haters, how about them Cowboys? Exactly. This uh, We're pro Cowboys co podcast here. I, I don't mind shouting out the Cowboys. They, they've done really well drafting these last couple of years. They are really great at identifying talent. They totally stole Micah Parsons. I could not believe he fell to them, but I did not think he was making it past Denver last season, and Denver did something I didn't expect. So it, it <laughs> last year's draft was kind of funny. We had the back-to-back -back cornerbacks, and I was like, but there's a really good linebacker on the board. Uh, whatever, beside the point. Um, so, yeah, Dallas has been really good, and believe me, one of these guys is going to fall to them, and they're just going to end up with a really great player again, end up winning the first round again, 
and they're going to allow them the Eagles who pick three picks ahead of them, you know, three different picks ahead of them. The Eagles, <laughs> they really have no excuses to screw this up and makes me feel like just the way that they've done in the past, things are not going to go well. Okay, so let's go over a little gambling real quick uh, to end this out. So the number one overall pick, 2022, is slated to be Aiden Hutchinson, minus 300. I I'm, I'm, would be shocked at this point if they didn't go that direction. Um, Doug Peterson really doesn't – he didn't – okay, so I was talking to an Eagles fan, and he said he would be shocked if Evan Neal was the pick as soon as Doug Peterson gets there. Um, I agree now uh, after, you know, after they got Cam Robinson signed there. I think Aiden Hutchinson makes a lot of sense. It's good to get them – uh, back headed in the right direction on defense. Um, the number two in terms of odds is Trayvon Walker, and number three is Evan Neal. I'd be shocked if either of them went, but just the fact that Trayvon Walker is the number two betting odds to go number two, I think that's something that we should just you know put in the back of our minds of how people are feeling about teams right now. Okay, so the number two overall pick is slated to be Kyle Hamilton at plus 300. I, I put some money on that today because I think the Lions will be stupid not to do that. Um, but Trayvon Walker's plus 350 and Malik Willis is plus 400. Either of those players could go there. Malik Willis, I would be shocked. I wish I could bet against that because there's no way in the world they do, they're that dumb. But Aiden Hutchinson's number four in that one, but I think that's just because if you know, obviously, if he doesn't go number one, number two, he would have to go. So, uh, last one for this pick is number three, which is slated to be Ikeem Aquanu at plus. Uh, 175. I, I think that's where they're headed. Evan Neal is the second one in this one, plus 22 or two plus 225. Um, I think they're going to go Akeem Aquanu. It seems like they like him. Um, him actually performing at the combine, I think actually swayed a lot of people's opinion. And I said it when he didn't, when he said he wasn't going to work out, Evan Neal. I said, man, this could end up backfiring on you because. In a, in a league when you get to see it with your eyes, when you get to actually see what the player can do, it's going to end up like messing with you a little bit, and it's going to bother the GM that the you know player isn't out there. So Ikeem Aquanu is probably going to sneak right up in there, and at plus 175, you're getting really good odds on that. All right. Stu says, any linebackers to take the game on at the end? Ronnie puts for a startup IDP veteran or rookie in the rookie drafts. Um, as far as rookies go, the linebackers after the first two, N'Kobe Dean and Dean, uh, yeah, Lloyd, uh, after those two, it kind of falls off of a cliff. I mean, you're going to get Channing Tyndall. I would say he would be great to look for. Um, and, uh, the guy I'm really going to be boosting up this offseason is Chad Muma. He comes out of uh, Wyoming. Uh, he's been a really good uh, linebacker in this process so far, and he was really great at the Senior Bowl, put a lot of good performances on. I don't think he's going to go until maybe the third round. Pushed a lot of people off of him as far as um, IDP drafts go. I personally, if it's IDP only, which you're saying the IDP startup, uh, super flex, he probably would will be a late round pick. And I think that uh, Chad Muma would be the one I'm looking at. Uh, Muma, M-U-M-A. He, he's really good. And he uh, has a lot of NFL qualities that I think you could end up getting. Um, but Channing Tindall is also a good one. Um, Christian Harris out of Alabama is another good one that I think uh, could end up, if, if he ends up in the right situation, at the, at the level that, you know, down in the deep rookie drafts, like, 
those guys, they're going to have to get up in good situations. I think Moom is going to find the field the first out of all those. Tyndall would probably be second, and then Christian Harris. But at the same time, I think you're all right. I think I think I think any of those three would be good um, as far as sleepers go because I don't think people will. I don't think people will be as locked in on them yet. Maybe once he gets drafted and then we see the fit, you know, he goes to like Washington, for example, and takes over there because um, they need a linebacker um, that is, can be at MUMA level. So we'll, we'll see if he ends up there and that would be really good for them. Um, all right. Just one more quick odds thing real quick. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is right now projected – to go uh, right now, the favorite is to go over picks number six. I think this would be a huge mistake. I, I still, I know people's concerns with Kayvon Thibodeau. I understand that he, you know, he's really into NFTs. He's really into all of these things like stocks, getting his education, all that, you know, very concerning stuff for a, for a human being. But I, I just think that you can't leave a talent like that to fall in this draft. And if you're in that six or seven range in the actual NFL draft and you pass on Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, first of all, he should not pass the top five. That would be really stupid. I think the Jets or the Giants don't like, okay, I'm just going to keep saying it. Don't overthink it. Just take the talent. It, it, he'll be fine in the end. Believe me. Um, it's, it's not that big of a deal. I also am not going to lie. I have a five fireball bet shot on this. If he goes past number five in the NFL draft, because I think it would be stupid. and. I bet that amount on it and it's going to end up, you know, blowing up in my face. It looks like because Vegas doesn't is not on my side. So I think that was stupid. All right. That's the last one I'm going to get to kind of went over a little bit today. It's fine. It's good to see you in the chat. D2W stew. Uh, thank you for tuning in on YouTube. Love seeing that. Um, if you are watching this video, please subscribe to the channel. Appreciate all of you that have tuned in today to watch and learn and just, get all of your questions and anything out there, please put anything you want in the chat. I will respond as quickly as I can. Um, I try to make to it as try to get to it as fast as I can, but I don't always do that. If you want to tell me I'm wrong, please put that in here as well. I would love to hear anybody's reasoning for why somebody went a different way. So I would really appreciate it. But anyway, that is the end of the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in and we appreciate it. See you next week. Bye.